2: Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. Thanks for staying up late with us here on Camo X. We've got lots of fun things to talk about. Speaking of fun things, uh, this past week, I haven't been on since uh, last Wednesday, except for my morning gig on Camo X at 835, but I haven't been here at At Your Service since last Wednesday. But in that time, I've gotten... Probably the most emails I've ever gotten from listeners, and just folks talking about the show, talking about the topics I bring up, uh, commenting on how this show maybe is different than other shows that you hear, and uh, and I respond to every single email, and I, I I appreciate the feedback, I really do. So if you ever want to send me an email, it's always welcome. Uh, my law firm Harris Dal Fisher and Young. My email address is b young. That's b y u n g at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S-D, as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. Always, always love to hear uh, feedback from you. Speaking of legal stuff, I had to actually do uh, real legal work today. I showed up at the, uh, I had to argue in front of uh, an appellate court today, and I had to wear a suit, and... (laughs) And what's interesting is, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but when was the last time that you went anywhere and saw a bunch of people wearing suits? When has that happened to you recently? Now, I've been to court many times, and I see people wearing suits, but just today in particular, there were just a lot of people I saw uh, uh, meandering around wearing suits, and I thought... Where where do we see this in our society now, post-COVID America? In what context do we see anybody wearing suits anymore? And we used to see that at church. If you went to church, you would see people wearing suits. You would see ladies wearing fancy dresses. You, you don't see that at church anymore. Uh, basically, uh, today, I, I'm not suggesting that that people at church dress like they're at Walmart. I'm not suggesting that. But you just don't see... You don't see people dressing up at church anymore. Funerals. You used to see people wearing suits or nice clothes at funerals. You don't see that. I've been to several funerals here in the last month or so, and people are dressing down for funerals. So to me it was just it was just startling to be in a room full of people and everyone's wearing a suit. The the men are wearing suits, the women were wearing suits. Uh, even the service dogs were wearing suits. It was, you know, I yeah, when's, the, when's the last time you saw a service dog wearing a suit? You know, you just don't see that. You don't. No, there was no service dog wearing a suit. But but just, I was just overcome by that uh, uh, because I, I post COVID. I don't know when we've seen that before. But uh, today is National Banana Day. National Banana Day, and it's interesting is that the banana is the world's most popular fruit crop but something i didn't know I, my wife and i went to hawaii several years ago for on our anniversary and what i didn't know until i went to hawaii was that every banana that you have ever eaten is the exact same banana what what do i mean by that 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 banana we see we've seen the crops of bananas and how they're grown you've seen the pictures of them probably But bananas aren't grown from seeds, even though there are banana seeds, as I understand it. But every single banana you've ever eaten is a clone. They clone the bananas and they clone the banana trees because the bananas are engineered to be resistant to certain types of fungus and certain types of diseases. Because what happened is way back in the 60s, I don't remember exactly when, because I wasn't alive then, but way back in the 60s, there, was the, there were different kinds of bananas, but fungus wiped them all out. So the only banana that survived that was acceptable to consumers because, frankly, we want them to be yellow. We want them to be, you know, firm on the outside. We want them to be nice and, you know, squishy on the inside. That's the way we want our bananas, right? So what the banana producers did was they found a particular brand of banana. Uh, I think it's called the Cavendish banana and it meets all those criteria so now all of the banana producers simply clone their trees so that's why literally every banana that you have ever eaten at least since the 19 early 1970s has been the exact same banana because that's what happens when it's cloned whenever you clone a fruit it's genetically identical uh, just like, I mean, come on, how many science fiction movies have you seen where they clone people, right? They're identical. We know this. We know how this works. So every banana you've eaten has been a clone of, of the previous banana. But what's interesting is, is I, I was reading about this probably about six months ago, that there's a, there's a virus or a fungus that's going around in Central America right now that actually can attack the Cavendish banana. So if that fungus actually gets loose and starts having a major impact on fruit producers, it will destroy every banana plant on the planet because they're all the same. So if if the fungus can attack one banana tree and be successful, it's going to successfully attack every banana tree it comes in contact with. And to me, I just thought that was interesting because with covid we're all geared up now to dealing with viruses and plagues, and uh, you know, basically dogs and cats living together, as they say in in uh, Ghostbusters. But we're we're geared towards this, and yet, what what would happen if this uh, plague goes through and wipes out every banana uh, that we could possibly want or eat? Uh, that would be a that would be a big deal. I mean, it's obviously not as bad as a global pandemic that kills millions of people. But, hey, if you can't get bananas, what are you going to get when you go to Ted Drew's? OK, it's 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 obviously it's a big, big deal. I just got a text from Mary Lynn saying uh, funeral. The last time she saw people in a in a uh, wearing suits was at a funeral. But when I went to a funeral last two, well, two of the last three I went to, people weren't wearing suits. Now, one of them I went to, everybody was in a suit. But that again was atypical. But I just think it's interesting how how COVID has accelerated changes, demographic changes, societal changes, even apparel changes. That's what COVID has impacted. Hey, coming up after the break, I am going to break down a little bit about what happened uh, in court yesterday. I was able to watch it. Hopefully, you were able to watch it regarding Kim Gardner. And I'm going to break down just a few of the legal arguments that were made just so you know exactly what the status is. You don't get this kind of analysis from the mainstream media, but you get it right here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX, Brad Young. We'll be right back right after this.
3: You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening. And phone lines are open, by the way. Uh, anytime we're not in an interview, phone lines are open at 314-436-7900. Call or text Whatever's on your mind, I like to hear it. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the, uh, the Kim Gardner hearing yesterday. The problem is <clears throat> it was during the workday, and, you know, most people have to work, right? So I had it playing, and I was doing some work uh, in the background and was doing other things, and so I could watch it off and on. And a couple of things struck me as being very important that I wanted to share with you this evening because it's not things that we normally see reported uh, in the in the local in the local news media, but first of all, you heard at the top of the hour that Scott Rosenblum weighed in, and he mentioned that that Attorney General Bailey will have a high bar to meet. I think that was the term that Scott used to to get Kim Gardner out of office, and I agree with that. But what's interesting is how the attorneys in this case. Are arguing the statute differently. Now, this whole quo, quo warranto action under Section 106 of the Missouri statute, you can Google it. It's not hard. You don't have to have a law degree to Google a statute. And when you look up the statute, it it gives and lays out the standard for removing a public official from office. Any public official. What's the standard? And, and from the statute, it says, uh, basically, anyone who is guilty of any willful or fraudulent violation or neglect of any official duty or who shall knowingly or willfully fail or refuse to do or perform any official act or duty, which by law, it is his duty to do. And that's the whole focus of this quo warranto action. Now i read you the statute. It's not long. It's one sentence. It's a long one, but it's one sentence. Here's what I found fascinating in the arguments yesterday. If you watched in the attorney, because they were arguing the motion to dismiss first, and the attorneys for Kim Gardner were arguing, and they were, much like what is laid out in their pleadings, they were basically stating that this quo warrantil action has only been used two times in the history of Missouri to remove prosecutors from office. And so they dove in on a deep, deep dive on these two instances, because both of these instances where prosecutors were removed, I think one was from the late 30s and one was from the early 1940s. Both of those instances involved prosecutors who were getting paid money by criminals to look the other way. So the prosecutors were pocketing money, and I believe one was uh, illegal liquor and one was illegal gambling or, or something to that effect. So they were being paid money to not prosecute crimes, and they were removed from office. Those are the only two instances where prosecutors have been the subject of a quo warranto action. And so Kim Gardner's legal team has been arguing both in their documents that they filed... And in oral argument yesterday in front of the judge, they've been arguing that, well, based upon this precedent, the state, the attorney general, Bailey, has to prove that Kim Gardner has been fraudulently accepting money to not prosecute crime. And they give all the examples from these two cases. But as I'm telling you this, because KMOX has the smartest audience uh, in radio, You're already seeing the flaw in that argument because the statute doesn't require that you're taking money under the table. It just so happens that in the history of Missouri, both of the instances where prosecutors were removed involved people who were taking money to not prosecute crimes. But there have been a host of other public officials, sheriffs and recorder of deeds and all kinds of officials who have been removed from office because they negligently failed to perform the duties of their office. So instantly you can see the problem with that position that's held by Kim Gardner. Because even though that sounds good, well, both of the instances involved fraud and no one's accusing Kim Gardner of fraud, so this must be dismissed. That's a great sounding argument. But it doesn't fit the statute, because the statute only requires willful or fraudulent or a violation or neglect of any official duty or knowingly or willfully failing or refusing to do or perform an official act or duty. Well, the Attorney General's office has already provided evidence that since 2017, Kim Gardner has allowed 12,000 cases to be dismissed. And these aren't situations like what's called prosecutorial Uh, discretion, where a prosecutor can agree to drop the charges, or if someone does some community service, they won't prosecute, or or those situations. These are 12,000 cases where the circuit attorney's office has failed to show up. They failed to be prepared. They failed to disclose exculpatory evidence. That's evidence that demonstrates the innocence of the defendant. They failed to disclose that, even though they're required by law to do so. 12,000 times since 2017. And if that doesn't rise to the level of, and I'm reading from the statute, neglect of any official duty, then what does? What does impact that? What does that mean if it doesn't mean allowing 12,000 cases to be dismissed? I believe at the beginning of Kim Gardner's uh, run in office, there were, and I'm, I'm generalizing the numbers here. I believe there were approximately 30 prosecuting attorneys in her office. As of today, it's been reported that there's three. So they've gone from 30 to three for major crimes. That's, that's a 10% of the attorneys that they had when they started because no one wants to work in her office. No one wants to work there. In fact, the, the attorney that's running to replace her, I believe his name is David Mueller, he said publicly, listen, I'm a progressive Democrat. She's just doing a terrible job. So I'm going to run against her. The, the attorney that quit this week hinted that she had no problems with the progressive type of a philosophy, but it was just a toxic work environment. And she was a hot mess to work for. So. As we contemplate these issues with crime in the city, which I think is the number one issue for the city of St. Louis and our region, why is it so difficult? And I understand Scott Rosenblum's point. I get it. But why is it so difficult to accept that Kim Gardner has knowingly or willfully failed or refused to do or perform any official act or duty of her office? It's just not that difficult to understand i know we've got some folks calling in we're coming up here on a break we're gonna have to take a break here but when we come back i'd like to hear from you 314-436-7900 at your service hey stick around we'll be right back
1: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio
2: idea of at your service is we want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I love engaging in thoughtful, intelligent conversation, even if you disagree with me. So, I, I mean, I want to tell you right now, just because you disagree with me doesn't necessarily mean your point isn't intelligent, but <laughs> but we can certainly discuss it and I can, I can bring you around to being a correct thinking kind of person. It won't take me very long. I trust you or trust me on that. Hey, I'm going to go to the phones. Mark's been holding through the break. Hey, Mark, welcome to KMOX
4: yeah how you doing man i'm doing great sir uh yeah i i i have to totally uh, agree with uh what scott said it it's gonna be difficult you know what? Because it's a set of precedent i don't see any judge uh Basically, throwing somebody out, a duly elected person, just throwing them out of office. This, this is supposed to be a, a democracy, right? You, if you don't like what a person is doing, you vote them out. That's how the system always. How, how long we've been doing this now? If you disagree, I, I, I totally disagree the way she's handling things. But I don't, I don't feel this, this is the right way to go mm-hmm. about it, man. You get so, rid the right to get her out of office. The, the, the people have to get to vote her out. That's how, that's how you get her out of there. You don't get her out by doing this like a takeover, like you said. I do I disagree with the way you're handling things. So I'm going rough, to rough, <laughs> rough, just rough shot over you. No, yep. it shouldn't work like that. And that certainly you know?
2: is the position of Kim Gardner's attorneys here. That this is this is really a political maneuver. And I guess my question is: Do you think this is a political act? In other words, is this just a, a, a white Republican male in Jefferson City trying to oust? A black female Democrat out of the city office. Do you see it that way, or is there more to it?
4: Yes, I do see it that way because you got to realize Andrew Bailey wasn't even elected. You know, this guy mm-hmm. wasn't even elected. So, uh, what is what is he talking about? He wasn't elected by his, the people. He was appointed. So, just Kim Garden was elected twice. She ran twice, like I said, and she won convincingly twice. So, I'm saying what I'm saying is if you I, like I said, I, I totally disagree the way she having things down there, but this is not the way to do it, man. What, you know? what,
2: what, one more question, Mark, because I, I, I love mm-hmm. having this conversation. We The statistics are what they are, and it shows that 12,000 cases have been dismissed because of her failure to do uh, the, the duties of her office. Is there any number where you would say she should be removed from office if that number were 20,000, 40,000? Well, I, I mean, does I, it matter I, any number?
4: my point was is she was elected by the people. If the people down there voting her in, they must be satisfied with what she's doing. And until they're not satisfied and they get her out, then what can it shouldn't be up to nobody else. It's up to the voters to decide. No, not for outside people to come in and try to rough shot over her. No, I disagree with that. I would say that if it was somebody doing out there in St. Charles, I would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not right. People vote for who, who they like. That's what we that's why we that's what it's democracy, man. You, you just because you disagree with some way somebody handling something, you want to just say, OK, well, I disagree. We, we want to take this from you. So what was what, what, what is the rights of the uh, voters? Do they have any rights and say so who, who they elect? That's what that's why we go to the ballot box to vote to say yay or nay. That's that's, the, my, that's my whole point.
2: Well, Mark, I'm really glad you shared it. Thanks for calling in this evening. Appreciate it, sir. Uh, Patty's been holding. Hey, Patty, welcome to Camel Wax.
0: Thank you for taking my call. Um, I hope I make it through this uh, conversation, but it's not a political agenda. It's not a race agenda. This is about the law that you just cited, and thank you for doing so. So I think that right now, using her examples that they're using in her defense is ridiculous because you don't get out of jail based on an example because you did something wrong. You actually have laws that you have to abide by, and that's what's wrong that she's doing currently. And now she's pulling this with her legal team, and it is wrong because there's already a law in place. Why use those examples as a crutch to uh, distract, I believe? So I disagree with the caller prior. I think that what he said is true with um, to a certain extent about voting rights, but when you've committed all these uh, problems and uh, examples yourself that are negative, That's what's wrong with our city, then. It's the leadership. And she's all her flaws and needs to be ousted. I agree with uh, the other uh, attorney general. So I totally disagree with the first caller. They voted her, but the city's a small city. Um, And also that it's ruining the city because they're allowing crime to continue and not prosecuting. Mm -hmm and stopping and it's misrepresenting our state of Missouri.
4: Well, so
2: it, it, it's it putting is. It's a black
0: eye
2: on it. it. it is because right now and there's no question about it, St. Louis and the St. Louis region is the economic engine for the state of Missouri. And when you have crime that's plaguing our city, my goodness, uh, uh, we had we had someone come to sh- come to St. Louis from Tennessee for a sporting event, and she went home and lost her legs. She had to go home legless after being here because of Kim Gardner's office and not putting someone and keeping someone behind bars after they had more than 51 parole violations. So, yes, it is. And you're exactly right. It is about enforcing the law. And the law in Missouri is very clear. If you negligently or willfully fail to carry out the duties of your office, state law says you should be removed. And that's really what's happening. So that's why I asked the prior caller, I said, what number? There's 12,000 cases in the city that have been dismissed because of Kim Gardner's negligence and her failure to do her job. At what number do you say it's okay to remove her from office? And, of course, he didn't give me a number. No one's going to give us a number. But at some point, if you fail to do your job once... That's called a mistake. If you fail to do your job 12,000 times in a six-year period, that's called refusal to do your job.
0: Right. And how many more families have to suffer as a, as a result of her poor, poor, uh, you know, legal practices? I mean, no, I disagree. I think she should be ousted. I think she's using examples that are not worthy And I think it's a crutch for her and a distraction. She needs to be out. We need to have someone represent our city that will improve uh, the city and will improve uh, the environment of the city. Mm -hmm. Right now it's pretty stagnant air. Yeah,
2: and you know the example that I've given, Patty, is Wesley Bell in St. Louis County. Now, if Wesley Bell and I sat down, had a beer, and talked politics— we would probably disagree about everything. But the point is he prosecutes crime in St. Louis County. And so if you could appoint if the if Kim Gardner is removed from office, I would be happy if the governor appointed a a black Democrat to be in that office to demonstrate that it's not about race, it's not about politics, it's truly about combating crime. That's the issue that's the focus. And we cannot be distracted by all of this smoke and mirrors about it being race. It's not about race. It's all about crime.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and whether it's the black or white person, regardless, it is the quality of the person yes. and the ethics that co- that comes along with that person. If they're going to follow in her footsteps, then no, it doesn't mean that we have to have Uh, the same race or someone might, it just, it has to depict the right background of someone. How about all the innocent people? Don't they count?
2: She doesn't count. That's a great great point, Patty, because I had someone text, I'm going to get into this whenever I don't have callers waiting, but you've made a great point. I had someone text about the people who are defendants sitting in jail, waiting for their due process, and they're also being harmed, but nobody talks about that. I'll be diving into that issue uh, probably in the next segment. But, Patty, we got other callers. I'm going to have to let you go, but thanks for calling in this evening on KMOX. Appreciate it, Patty. Thank you. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's on your mind, Chris?
5: Hey, good evening. Good evening Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I am. Um, I've got a probably a unique perspective because I used to be a police officer and I worked in different areas, rural and urban. And i've I've had to work in counties where, and they were rural counties where the, the prosecutors were pretty poor. Mm-hmm. But nobody tried to remove them; they voted them out when the when the election came around. This lady is terrible. I suspect she might be a decent attorney and just a poor manager, but she is not doing her job. But if the citizens she's serving keep voting her in, that's that's on them. I mean, they if they want that kind of service, that, that is on them. But see, Chris, it's and not it's, it's just me.
2: on them. It's not just on them, Chris, because I, I live in St. Louis County. But what happens in the city impacts the county. What happens in the city impacts St. Charles, because this is the economic hub of our region. So we have a pony in this race. All the people in Missouri have a pony in this race, but we don't get to vote for the the circuit attorney in the city of St. Louis. But who that is and how they do their job directly impacts our pocketbook. It directly impacts our standard of living. It directly impacts our property values and the safety of our children. You don't think that is enough to justify following the Missouri law that specifies it under Section 106, you don't think that justifies attempting to have her removed from office in a lawful manner?
5: I think it, it it opens up the discussion, but in my mind, I'm looking at all these other bad government officials that I've seen over the years. Yeah, That's true. Nobody... Tried to remove them.
2: Well, maybe this would be an impetus. They're going after her. Maybe this would be an impetus to start doing that because you're exactly right. Uh, What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if you've got rural prosecutors that aren't doing their job, they should also be removed if they meet this standard under Missouri law. And uh, we shouldn't just be singling out Kim Gardner. Hey, I'm going to have to let you go, Uh, Chris. We've got more callers. Have a good evening. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you listening. Um, Steve, I'm going to go to you, uh, because I want to get you in before the break, Steve, what's on your mind.
3: Hey, Brad, love your show. Thank you. Yeah, just really quick. I just wanted to, I mean, we all, we always hear about how we're all in this together. You know, this is all our issue in the region. You know, we hear that all the time. And then now it, now that the city voters are saying, oh, we stand alone. You know, it's, it's just, it's just our vote should stand. It, it, it's only up to us, you know? um and we hear this all the time that no this is a regional thing you know whenever they this is all our problem all the problems we have this is for everyone it's not just the city right
2: yeah it's it's what your your point is is that it seems contradictory to say we're all in this together but by by golly we're the only ones that get to determine who is our circuit attorney
3: right now it's just up to us it's just it's just our vote you know i mean To some extent, I agree with that. But what you said, I I agree 100 percent. You know, half the time they want it. We hear it all the time. How it's just this big regional problem and we all need to pitch in and we all need to be concerned about about the problems. And then now it's it's just our vote, you know. But but do you agree
2: with me, Steve, that right now crime is the major is the biggest issue that impacts our region?
3: Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's the region and the people who live there in the city.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was I was heartbroken when the armory opened up and the foundry opened up. And the first day that the armory was open in the city, the first day, they were plagued by dozens and dozens of car break-ins
3: on the first day that they were open. I mean, it's predictable. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's the crime. And and the people who hurt are hurt the worst are the people who are voting or in to not yes. do the
2: job. Right, because those are the people who are being most impacted by crime because they're the ones who live in the city that have to deal with the gunshots and the car racing and the break-ins and the shootings and they've got to live in that and yet they continue to reelect uh Kim Gardner because only 12%, that was the last vote number in the city, 12% actually showed up to vote. And that is simply reprehensible. Hey, Steve, <laughs> I got to take a break, my friend, but thanks for calling in this evening. Thanks, Brad. Hey, I got to take a commercial break here because, uh, as you've heard me say, they uh, are Matt Pajeski, the board operator extraordinaire. He's expensive. So we got to take a break here to pay his salary. We'll be back with more of your input, your calls, your texts right here on Camel X. Well, we're cruising into the last segment here on At Your Service for the eight o'clock hour. Of course, we got another hour of at your service coming up next. One of the things or one of the proposals that just came out this week to try to do something. You know, it's interesting. Everyone says we gotta do something. What do we do? That's why I, I applaud these efforts to remove Kim Gardner from office because that's doing something. It's not just saying, Well, there's nothing we could do, just wring your hands. Yes, there's something we can do. We can put someone in office who will actually prosecute crime. And another thing, and I'm not saying I endorse this, but I certainly want to get your input and your feedback on this, and that is the mayors of Bridgeton, Wildwood, Manchester, and Brentwood all got together this week and they called on the Missouri legislature to pass a regional crime bill, regional crime legislation, that would include several things, but the first thing it would include is combining the city of St. Louis and the St. Louis County Prosecutor's Office, not merging the city, not merging the city into the county. That would take a vote of all the people in the state of Missouri, as we learned before. But you could merge the, the prosecuting attorney's office from the city and the county and make it one office. That's one proposal that's being floated by the mayors of Bridgeton, Wildwood, Manchester, and Brentwood. But there's also uh, basically a five-point plan in addition to that that suggests other things that can be done by the legislators uh, in Jeff City. I've already mentioned combining the, the Circuit Attorney's Office and the St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney's Office into one office. That's one proposal. Secondly, make it a life sentence without parole, For illegally selling fentanyl that results in someone's death and a mandatory sentence of 25 years for possessing more than a pound of the illegal substance fentanyl. Uh, Point number three, increase the penalties for those who are illegally in possession of a firearm and illegal controlled substances. Now, I will tell you, that gets a lot of pushback. There are a lot of Democrats that are against that uh, because of the illegal controlled substances. Now, there are a lot of Democrats who are in favor of increasing the crimes for possession of weapons. Personally, I, have, I would be definitely in favor of changing state law to allow each county in St. Louis City is considered a county to make their own decisions, just like we have right now with the abortion law. If California wants to have, an, have abortions free and available, they're, they're welcome to do that legally. If Missouri wants to restrict it, then Missouri should be welcome to do that as well. I think we should have the same plan when it comes to juvenile possession of firearms, that each county can make that decision. So if you're in Randolph County, if you're in Phelps County, if you're uh, in, in, in the Springfield area south of the state and your county says, you know, we want We want to allow juveniles, because of hunting and shooting, to have firearms. That's fine. But I think the city of St. Louis should be allowed to say there's not a lot of duck hunting going on in St. Louis at 2 in the morning. Not a lot of goose hunters either. And I know that there's no deer hunting going on. So if the city wants to change the laws to make it illegal for juveniles to possess firearms, I say let them do it. Even though I'm the strongest Second Amendment advocate you'll ever meet, but that's just common sense. And also it would aid police because I've heard from so many police officers that say they pull over somebody, the guy's 17, he's got a gun, but he's allowed to have a gun because of the open carry laws. And if the laws were such that juveniles could not publicly carry firearms without having an adult or their parent or guardian present, would that kind of a law... Police pull over a guy. He's 17. He's got a gun. Boom. They can arrest him just for that, just for that. And then if he's committing other crimes, those can also be prosecuted as well. The other uh, elements of this proposal from Bridgeton, Wildwood, Manchester and Brentwood involves mandatory cash bonds for charges. People who are charged on their second or third offense and they're also already have prior convictions and also enhance the car theft penalty to a class C felony. Personally, I know we're running short on time here, but personally, I would like to see us start with just enforcing the license plate laws and stop people who are driving on expired temp tags. How many of those do you see every single day? Those folks are breaking the law. They're not paying their taxes. Pull them over. Write them a ticket. And if they're committing other crimes, you can arrest them for that as well. What do you think? 314-436-7900. Call or text. We're going to carry this topic into the next hour along with other topics because I like to hear from you. Brad Young, KMOX. We'll be back right after this.